Hello, and welcome to Punching Out. Every week, we're here on Wayo Radio, talking about the problems people have with their work. Whether it's incompetent bosses or unfair policies, hostile workplaces or dismal paychecks, or anything in between, we want to hear from you. If you'd like to share your work problems with us, email us at punchingoutwayo at gmail.com and let us talk about them. Tune in and punch out. Your boss isn't listening, but we are. Welcome to Punching Out. You are here today with the ladies. I'm Lou. I'm also joined with Amanda. Hi, guys. And Karen. Hi, everybody. And today we're talking about the difficulties of balancing work and family, which is a huge topic. So we'll just get to a few points today. Um, as everybody knows, even if you don't have children or, or immediate family around you all the time, if you're single, whatever, Balancing your personal life and work is very challenging, especially if you are an entry-level worker or somebody who doesn't necessarily have the same income that, well, let's be honest, a lot of America has this perception that you should have. So I don't have any children, but I do have family. My family actually lives very far away, so getting to them is really difficult. So Karen, what's your experience with family and work? Um, I have a family and I have a job. <laughs> and the so, two get along famously? Yeah, no. Um so uh so my step my stepchild is an undergrad uh first year overseas actually at a university overseas. Um but we had the primary care of them for many many years and many school age years. Um and I also have parents in the area whose health is going through some rough times now, and I have a father-in-law in the area, and I am his primary person for caring for his needs and taking him to the doctor's appointments and things like that. So I f feel like I have a lot of experience in this area. <laughs> both am, from a de like dependence on, on yeah. both older and younger. Yeah, I think I'm now the sandwich generation <laughs> where we yeah. have uh, older, older parents who are aging in a terrible healthcare system mm -hmm. um, as well as having children and I can't tell you how uh, celebratory I feel that we are no longer dealing with a school age child and the school yeah. system and the schedule yeah. of the school system it's, so. it's really difficult like, again I don't have kids or anything but I of the, the women I work with closest among the three of them there's eight children and the oldest is 12 and the youngest is two so it's just watching what they're going through all the time. It's very difficult. And it's, it's made me reconsider or at least take a second look at, at my plans for having a family and just how difficult it is um, it, it, between all the different aspects, which we'll hopefully get to talk about a few. It's, it's real tough. So yeah, luckily my parent, my, my dad's still in good health and my husband's parents are still in good health. So we don't have that to deal with. Again, they also live way out of state. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, so I, I can only imagine yeah. what it's like. Yeah. So what about you? Amanda? I, I am only 25, so <laughs> I, um, am not, I don't, I'm not in a serious relationship and you know, I'm pretty free at this point, but I do have a mother who, um, all through my childhood, uh, was a professional and she worked, she was gone, um, from like seven thirty in the morning to, like 6 30 at night she has a long commute too but um 
so I and and also I have my both my parents are in the ho- house, but they have a very tradition traditional setup where my mom does most of the housework, mm-hmm. despite being the one who um, is makes more and is at work longer um she still cooks and cleans and um she did that all through when I was growing up and um and you know so I complete I can give the perspective of what it was like growing up as a kid having you know watching my mom try to juggle everything Mm -hmm. at once yeah it's really difficult um like one of the things that did you go to, were you in daycare or any kind of after school day program where you yeah, were being watched by other people? Yeah, I was in, I was in daycare, um, basically from when I was like probably a baby, like basically mm-hmm. after she finished her maternity leave to, right. um, probably when I was old enough to take care of myself. So yeah, maybe nine or 10 and, mm-hmm. um, and I was lucky enough to have a mom who could afford to pay for child right. care, which we've, you know, kind of hinted, hinted at in the beginning. If mm-hmm. you're a service industry worker or somebody who um, is low income, you may not have access to that. And how right. how then do you find, like, who? what do you do? Mm-hmm. What do you do if you have kids and you get called in to work at, Right. On yeah. short notice at like night or what if your kid is sick? What yeah. if, you know, you do have school age children. They can't be in school if they've had a fever. They have to be out of school for at least twenty four hours. Like that's sick time. What if you don't get sick time? What if mm-hmm. you're out of sick time? Like these are these are decisions that, that greatly impact families nowadays. And I was talking to one one of my coworkers earlier about this. I said, you know, I'll be on this podcast about family and, and I told her about how I'd been I, I was going to like channel her because she's I'm really close with her and and she's got kids and how difficult it was for her sometimes to manage health care or manage her child care um she has a like a rotation of sitters like on Monday through to Monday and Tuesday it's this person Wednesday Thursday it's this person hmm. um luckily she has Fridays off uh but what if one of those people is sick or what if they have other plans and are out and the other thing she brought up, which had, was an excellent point that I never even thought about, is it's so expensive for the family that needs to take care of that kid, but it's also terrible pay for for the the childcare worker. It's mm-hmm. minimum wage work almost. Yeah, it can be. Or if it's <laughs> under the table, even less than. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's it's a mess. So one of the so Amanda, as I listen to you talk about um, daycare and how your mom was working long hours. Um, My family, both of my parents worked, but it was at a time when it was unusual that both parents would work. So my mom always worked and my dad worked. And um, so one of the shifts in the economy, and for me, my dad had more flexibility at his job in the middle of the day if we needed a ride somewhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, uh, And my mom actually commuted an hour um, for half my childhood, she was commuting from Dansville to Rochester. Um, so that is a whole other chunk of time in the right. matrix. Um, but so one of the changes that we've seen in the economy is that families can no longer afford to have a parent stay at home, even if they want to do that. Um, and so the, 
like the economy wages have been stagnant this is like a broken record on the show <laughs> wages have been no stagnant way. but we've also shifted into this economy where both parents have to work in order to stay afloat yeah that's absolutely true and uh both parents have to work but also they have to find work that is uh what how's how do you say the compensated mm-hmm. enough that childcare is a thing they can actually afford like one if you're working part time and you you know work 30 hours a week at minimum wage like you can't you can either only work a few days a week and is that few days a week going to be enough to actually cover childcare as well as make money on top of that so these are decisions like i know people who have had to make these decisions about what they can work and where based on who's going to watch my kids and how much money am I going to make. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that Karen mentioned is when she said the economy kind of transitioned, uh, compelled compelled women, basically, to enter the work. I mean, it doesn't have to be a woman. It's to, it's a, mm-hmm. They compelled both partners to be um, earners. But if we think about, like, the gendered expectations of, um, which I think we're going to get to more in depth at that towards the end of the show but if we think about the gendered expectations of who takes care of the kids who does the domestic labor around the house who um basically who does you know housework and stuff it's mostly women and Mm -hmm. that's the ex that's the expectation but it's interesting to consider how um as women have entered the workforce they still have to deal with that expectation that they're they are supposed to perform that work, but they don't have, they haven't been blessed with more time to do it in Mm -hmm. or, and we haven't, we've been working to shift the burden of work to be more equitable, but we haven't, you know, we haven't actually reached that that yet. yet. So there's this like tension there that I think women especially have, are holding on their shoulders of trying to navigate exactly how they can do it all because Mm -hmm. you obviously can't do that. Um, So, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, there's, there's intense stress and and pressure between having to both take care of your family and take care of everything at work. And, and women like the feminism I grew up in is very much so like women can do it all and kind of Mm -hmm. should do it all. Sheryl Sandberg. Yeah. Lean in. (laughs) (laughs) And, and that's at the same time, like it's not almost, it's really not a choice for a lot of us anymore. Yeah. Is I, I like the coworker I was talking about earlier, if she did have a choice, she wouldn't work. And that's, that's a perfectly valid choice. We should all, work towards families or no kids at home or not i don't want exactly (laughs) that would be be really cool actually i think i I would get bored but that's that's another issue i mean i mean i think i think you would find things to do i'm sure i would right now i'm really hooked on video games so okay yeah (laughs) that's what i imagine an eight-hour day filled with just playing video games i love it well it sounds great let's let's i have a question sure in your life, if you think about everybody that you know, who has good work-life balance? No one. Mm. What would that even look like? Yeah. Who it's wants to be nobody at, in my no one, circle? Yeah. yeah, no one wants to be at work in the first place. If you had a choice, you're, you would choose life, not work. So it seems like capitalism's response to the question of like work-life balance, family work balance... 
um, is to just kind of push products at you. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, you can, like, it's funny to me because they're also pushing, like, this self, self-development, like, mm-hmm. wellness slash self-improvement products as well. So right. you're, like, I think if I looked at capitalism from the outside and figured out what a normal day was supposed to look like for an average person, I'm pretty sure you're supposed to run, like, three to five to ten miles in the morning, then go to work, somehow have your kids go somewhere, like kids go to school. You can, if you're wealthy enough, you can buy uh, babysitters, right? Right. You can buy, I don't know, Uber to send your kids to school. Yeah, you can can pick up a a subscription service that will send you food and healthy food and And how to cook it and everything probably supposed to read like the latest business management book um, on audio while you're running three to ten miles in the morning. I don't know. When you're doing all that, you're supposed to be plugged in, making sure you're able to answer emails mm-hmm. and phone calls and stuff mm-hmm. from work if you need to. Okay, now this is an important aspect of the loss of, of any semblance of balance in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people now, because of technology, are required to be responsive at all hours. Mm-hmm. So there's for a lot of people, there's a blurring of the line between workday and home life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. I can't imagine what life was like for, for doctors or on-call doctors. Like if you work in an emergency room or something. Well, they yeah, rotate nurses too. Yeah. Anything. If like you're that. unionized, you get a shift differential. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, joining the union. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Join the union. The, 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 the moral of the story is join your union. Join yeah. Your union. Always. Yeah. But yeah, no. And the thing about trying to find that balance is it is, as Amanda was saying, it's incredibly gendered. And capitalism has made it such that you you have almost all households have to be two income and there is such a pressure on the women to both earn as much money as they can but you have to reproduce your workforce like we can't stop having children that's that's like wait you mean wait Okay, so we're not talking about like from people's perspective who want to have kids. You're saying capitalism, capitalism demands castle, that capitalism you continue demands. to reproduce. Yes, until the robots. <laughs> you need to make mini workers. <laughs> <laughs> well, until the robots take over completely, like somebody has to put together the robots until they can figure it out for themselves. <laughs> That's my perspective, anyways. Yeah, like yeah, like y- y- there has to be a reproduction of the workforce in some way. Like that's a, one of the concerns with. Um, the declining birth rates in Europe is that their economy just can't grow at the same rate because they don't have the people, they don't have the workforce to replace re- workers who are retiring. But if we're all moving, if we're moving to automation, it's going to replace everybody's jobs. We won't need as many people on the earth. But here's the thing: it doesn't replace your income, and people will still have yes, to work for yes. something. But here's the other thing: <laughs> there's lots of things. Here's the other thing: you get all the automation you need to eliminate jobs. But you still need reproduction because you need consumers. Yeah. Capitalism needs consumers. Yeah, it absolutely does. (laughs) You know, you can't win. Yeah, I'm beginning to think that capitalism is not going to provide a legitimate solution to the problem of work-family balance. Karen, I would say you're correct. (laughs) (laughs) I would say you're very correct as far as that goes. But that's, that's my perspective. Anyways... We'll be back in a few minutes, and we'll continue our discussion about family work balance. Sounds good. This is Punching Out, a project of the Punching Out Collective, and we want to hear about the struggles you face as a worker. 
You can tell us your stories by sending an email to punchingoutwayo at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and we're on Twitter at punchingoutwayo. Tune in and punch out. Your boss isn't listening, but we are. Welcome back to Punching Out. I'm here today with Amanda. Hi. And Karen. Hi. We were just laughing over the break, so we may <laughs> need a little bunch to collect ourselves. I'm Lou, by the way. I forgot to mention that part. Uh, so we're, anyways, we're talking about work-life balance, specifically work and family. And we just talked about how childcare is pretty much a pain in the, the tuchus for for everybody involved, for the workers, for, for that and everything like that. So now we're going to start talking a little bit about the perspective that or the ideal work-life balance situation and what that looks like particularly for women i think the expectation in that model is that women be both the perfect worker and the perfect mom and the perfect housemaker athlete right and athlete and i'm really on the thing about fitness i'm really uh, oh yeah it's absolutely against the whole fitness movement sorry right but but i think like (laughs) as you're saying as amanda's saying i think a lot of what it is is it's from somebody else's perspective like it's it's definitely not the it's not a person it's not a real woman's perspective yeah it's not a real woman's perspective but it's it's like the image we we cast upon this this fictional perfect neoliberal person is is about the other people around her and what what Mm. what they would think about her um anyway so i i felt that that was an interesting observation to make okay let's continue so we've we've established the children what she what is what's her occupation what does she do for a living besides homemaker because that's given I think she's like white collar professional. White collar professional, maybe like a lawyer or something. Mm-hmm. Giant house. Giant house from massive loading house. washer and dryer. Right. Um, because yeah. to have no to <laughs> yeah to have the proper work family balance, you have you to, have, have, to have a giant washing machine mm-hmm. and dryer so that you only have to do one load of laundry or two loads a week instead of five or ten loads a week that or, you get with a dinky used washing or machine. Or ideally that somebody else does laundry for you in your massive machine that costs yeah. $2,000. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. you probably have a maid and you yeah. probably have a nanny. There's probably a pool somewhere in there too yeah. that and somebody has boy, to take care of. of oh yeah, you definitely have a pool boy. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting a little trashy. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, so all right. So she's got this massive house. She's got the really great job. What's her work situation like? What does that look like? I think like what's her relationship with her boss? Don't know. I think. I think. I think they're buds. You think they're buds? I think. I think she puts in the hours. Yeah. I think I'm gonna say it's a male boss. I Probably. think he loves her. Not like. Not romantically. Not romantically, but like she he she's her his favorite because mm-hmm. she's always there. Mm-hmm. I think she can give him some guff, and get and win the win the point every once in a while. Not always, but she can Just push enough. back a little bit to show that she's sassy right. and win a point once in a while. Definitely. Yeah, I would say so. Um, okay, so what's her relationship with her coworkers? How do how do they work with her? Does she have coworkers? I don't know. I don't see commercials about this, so I can't tell you. <laughs> I can't tell you. Yeah, but we live in this reality. We live in yeah. this reality that, you know, neoliberalism has cast this expectation on us. And and this expectation, as far as I'm concerned, is really not realistic and only fits for a certain socioeconomic level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, even just like like when you started this with the white picket fence, mm-hmm. I, I love me a white picket fence. Mm-hmm. 
but it reminds me that a lot of people don't even have the possibility right of having a piece of owning a piece of land that has space for a white picket fence yeah and um it actually brought to mind for me um i'm on this thing now <laughs> that i think <laughs> about a lot where uh like if you look at children's books about mm -hmm. farming mm -hmm. um they'll they always have like a cow a pig some sheep can do it all they have corn growing they have a dog. They have some chickens. Vegetable garden. Those farms don't exist anymore. Like, where are the children's books of agribusiness? Right. So bringing it back to, like, right? Amanda's yeah. laughing. But seriously, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you, like, now you, kids think that's, like, how yeah, that's farms how work. Um, and then that's where our food comes from. Right. The happy pig on the family farm yeah, okay. in the white picket fence. Okie dokie. Uh, so it's really like the, the, the narrative and the reality exactly. um, struck me with the white picket fence comment. Exactly. And I think that's, that's true. And, and that this image and this expectation of what our lives are going to be like as, as you're going through the education system, as you're, you're training for a new job, everything like that, we have an expectation and reality doesn't meet it. If you were to put in, all the hours that you know you that neoliberalism asks you to in order to like advance up the ladder mm -hmm. and also do all the work with your with raising your family and doing all the housework and stuff you there's no way you'd make it right beyond. not without like illegal substances yeah <laughs> 36 yeah, yeah, hours all, in a day. Probably. Yeah. exactly <laughs> um yeah so it's just yeah, it feels cause, impossible because it kind of is if you right. can't, especially if you can't afford all that help. Right. Um, the help. The outside help. Yeah, that's what it is. Or or the products and the gadgets like the washing machine that does make it possible to do four people's worth of laundry from two weeks yeah, in one load. Yeah, you still freaking have to unload the laundry and fold it and hang it up. <laughs> do you hate laundry, Karen? I hate laundry so much. <laughs> I don't mind laundry. I think it's it's uh, washing the dishes I hate. That's oh, actually hate an that. interesting thought because, like, if I think about it, I really enjoy cooking. I love cooking. Um, and I know someone close to you really likes yes. cooking, too. Very good cook. But I always find that when I'm I, – like, I love to cook, but I always am like – I always am thinking at the back of my mind, like when I'm talking about how much I like cooking, is somebody thinking like, you know, there's such a stereotype there that like a woman should enjoy cooking mm -hmm. um, or maybe not enjoy it, but should do it and do it well, I guess. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's like I, I don't find that I don't find cooking a burden because I enjoy doing it. But like I think about how my mom come when I was a kid would come home straight from work and be so stressed out she would forget to take uh maybe hamburger out of the freezer right. and so she'd like go into the freezer and get some pre-frozen like breaded chicken and then she'd feel guilty because it's unhealthy yeah. and you shouldn't be feeding your family unhealthy food and then she'd be so exhausted she could barely like keep her eyes open while right. she's cooking and then maybe my dad would be in a bad mood and would be complaining about how that's not what he wanted or whatever and um there so yeah it's it's tough. It really is. And and it, I think a lot of that tension again comes from the expectation. And and the, the part of the expectation is when you're doing this kind of emotional labor or, or unpaid labor is that you have to be happy while doing it. You should be grateful that you get the opportunity to cook for your family every day and clean up after them and and do all that. 
after having been at work all day. Or even when you're, you, you don't necessarily have that second job. Like you need to be grateful that you get the opportunity to work like that. Uh, one thing is you can't, when you're so depleted when you come home from work, you don't, you're not, you can't even be there like um, like you were saying like you can't be there emotionally for your family in ways that you know s- not that you should be but that families need right well yeah no, i'm willing to say you should be emotionally available to your well, yeah <laughs> like i don't know probably should <laughs> and but honestly you shouldn't probably be the only person who is emotionally available right. to your exactly. children which is also part of what we're talking about exactly and like that pressure and and so in our, our imaginary neoliberal perfect life, I totally see the 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 male in the situation, the dad, playing golf and and not there. And everything is on Even his, if he is there, he's not he's there. He's not there. He's not there. Like it's he's absent. Which you know, it it's not maybe he didn't want to do that either. Maybe he wants to actually be there and be the stay at home of dad. But that's not the expectation he can fill either. But that's that's that. So I don't know to 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 go off that from a little bit. You know, our imaginary scenario. We've talked about what it looks like, what reality looks like, and it's it's in gen. There's there's issues of classism in there. Your your ideal situation, neoliberal situation, only fits for a certain socioeconomic stat or strata. Yeah, I mean, really, we we. It, it's good to mention the trifecta of horribleness, mm-hmm. which is uh, racism, mm-hmm. classism, sexism. So, yeah. and and all all of that, anything can exa- any of those can exacerbate your personal picture. Right. Um, if you're low income, uh, work life mm-hmm. balance, forget about it. Um, people who are facing racism at work, mm-hmm. like there's all these extra costs for people of color and for women and for women of color. Um, that and for low income people, right. it's just yeah. Well, in in on top of that, you have some versions of poverty porn where you know you have the the lower class black man who works three jobs so that he can get his kids through through school and everything like that. And there's no there's I would argue there's no way he could ever balance his work. He's he's had to make choices and and sacrifice some things in order to do that when you say poverty porn do you mean um because the media does Mm -hmm. um these quote quote cringing quote feel good stories about people who persevere in these terrible conditions created Mm -hmm. by capitalism yes um and so to be like the guy who does you know doesn't have a car but he walks like five hours a day to mm-hmm. get to his minimum wage job. Right. And we're like, go him. He's and, awesome. And in and the background, he's always doing it for his family. Oh yeah. 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 Like, yeah, those are, those are truly vile, disgusting pieces of trash. You mean Not the media? The media. Okay. okay. <laughs> I feel like you're leaving Whoopsie. out some really important okay. words in the story that you're telling. Okay. No, definitely the media is the yeah, bad yeah, guys yeah, there. Yeah. They're, they're the media. Never, they never yeah. ask. They never they ask. They never like, do. why like, is how this can guy we make so low paid? Exactly. Starting with that. Why um, is he so low paid? How? What can we do to make this better that's not being done? Instead yeah. of just, I find him so inspiring. I find that person so inspiring. 
that yeah. their lives are are difficult so then and not some, being made easier some like good samaritan will buy him a car right um instead of addressing yeah the yeah they'll be like we've got money issue. for insurance for a year yeah. yeah but after that we don't know what's going to happen with this car we this used car we bought right. you um so i'm going to bring up another one of my uh radio show tropes <laughs> um it's not the italians having no, no, sex no, no. <laughs> keep thinking about my my mistakenly calling normal human beings oh. <laughs> <laughs> vile pieces of trash Whoops. no no um, so one of my tropes is uh like so we're talking we're really talking we're talking about capitalism yes. and we're talking about deeply personal individual experiences within a structure and a, a um a system that's creating these conditions that we live in so one of my tropes um is that i like to imagine that there comes a day when the people in our community who provide a lot of the um philanthropy you might remember that (laughs) term philanthropy a lot of the philanthropists in our community um have these successful quote successful Mm -hmm. businesses um and so they want to give money to nonprofits to help often help poor people in the city um either help their kids graduate from high school or help with job training or mentoring or lots of different things um and my fantasy is that nonprofits who take that philanthropy money will refuse the money until um and it only works if every nonprofit does this right so if somebody comes to them and says we want to give you this money for this program um i want them to ask the philanthropist four questions it's called the four four questions campaign (laughs) and um the four and there might be those four there might be more for the four Four or five questions so off the top of my head um what do you pay your lowest paid employees will you allow card check unionization uh, do you allow, do you maximize the number of full-time jobs rather than like having like too many part-time jobs that right. don't pay the bills? Um, and, um, do you provide predictable scheduling yeah. to your, um, to your part-time employees? If you have part-time, which they all have part-time employees, like they're, none yeah. of them are maximizing full-time positions for people. Let's just like clearly, right. This yeah. would do. So any of those measures, like if, we won't take your money and t- to help improve the city of Rochester until you shape up right. and answer honestly can... those four. The fifth question is what zip codes do you hire from? Right. Um, <laughs> so those are my five. That's the five questions campaign. Yeah. And um, so we won't take your money until you address these issues. First of all, transparency. You have to answer the right. questions honestly. And second of all, addressing those things would do far more to increase Rochester graduation rates than having a businessman come in and mentor a high school student. Yeah, or, or having a business come in, take over a school. Right. Or, right. Yeah, exactly. The even better. Exactly. Situation. So that's like, that's, like that's the question that the media in poverty porn never asks. They right. never say, "Why is his pay so low? Yeah. Why aren't there jobs near where he lives? Yeah. Why is it like this? Why is it like this?" Yeah. Well, Karen, why is it like this? Why? What would you say is the answer? Why is <laughs> capitalism? capitalism? There, we, capitalism. Go. there we go. It is. I mean, yeah. really, I've talked recently with some people about workforce quote hot term workforce development in the Rochester area. And it's really important that we start yeah. talking about poverty wages. Yeah. Like you are not a brilliant business person if you pay if you pay poverty wages. Yeah. You're you're actually capitalizing like a capitalist. You're making money off of them. Yeah. And it's not to mention you have no 
no regard for the community. Right. In that's the a first fake place. Rega- what you regard is what you the tax benefit you get from philanthropy. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's absolutely true. And and I would, you know, to, to pivot back to work-life balance, these situations that are being created by by these, these companies that are making millions of dollars off of the communities they're in are exasperating, or, uh, exacerbating <laughs> the... <laughs> let me actually use words. They're uh, exasperating me. Well, <laughs> you're not wrong. I'm not wrong. It just wasn't the one I wanted. Uh they're they're making these situations worse, especially in terms of of what the quality of life. Yeah, and quality of life in terms of family is tied up in your income and your time off and your your ability to take time off. Yeah, it, the the amount of agency you have in mm-hmm. your job. Yeah, like how much self direction? How much community how much support you have? How you do your yeah. job? What um, what kind of when? like? You know, is my community set up to or or is there any mechanism within my community to help take care of kids or take care of family members who are ill or anything like that? One of the things that capitalism does deliberately, I think, is well, as deliberately as like a system can (laughs) do something is is destroy community in general. It atomizes you. It's in the first place. It sends everybody off to the suburbs. Exactly. So that there isn't. A close community and you have like your single family homes and you know you're isolated from your neighbors and yeah it does not encourage bonding it doesn't or looking after each other it takes a village to raise a child but there's no village yeah there's nothing around so yeah in all of this and there's there's all sorts of ways that capitalism has made this made work-life balance impossible and it's worse the 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 less money you make. Mm-hmm. Generally, yeah. Would you say so? I would say so. I would say <laughs> so. I mean, we can also, I just want to give a nod to the fact that, like, some people are overworked mm-hmm. and some people can't get enough work. Yeah. It's just a mess. It's it a is. mess. It is. And the degree to which capitalists will pit the person who has too much work against the person who doesn't have enough yeah. is is really abhorrent. Um, you know, you can work three jobs in 60, 80 hours a week, but you're the success story. You're the one that's doing good, and everybody else just isn't morally capable of working to that level, and that's on them. You know, you're doing yeah. the good stuff. You working your, your, you know, terrible, terrible situation where you don't have time, you're the good guy. The other guy is the one's messing up. So anyways, we'll be back. You've been listening to Punching Out. Hey, hey guys. You know that feeling you have at work? That dead inside feeling? Bad news, we can't really help with that. Good news, we can help you waste some time at work. You're listening to Punching Out on WAYO LPFM Rochester. Your boss isn't listening, but we are. Welcome back. This is Karen, and I'm here with Lou and Amanda. And Lou just told me something that I need a lot more information about. Um, Lou, what were you saying? You you mentioned something about um, efforts. One of the efforts to sort of fix this world we live in has to do with paying for emotional labor. 
Right. So first of all, emotional labor is like I'm at home and I'm, you know, taking care of your family, that kind of thing. That's one of the aspects of unpaid emotional labor. Okay, so I, but, but, but right. wait. Okay, so but so do you mean like pay for caregiving? Because I have heard about efforts in the past to say that like women are doing most of the housework and most of the caregiving for family and they should be paid for that. Oh, no, that's not what this article was talking about. This was talking about, like, you're with your husband or significant other, and they had a really rough day, so you get paid, like, $100 to say, you did such a good job, no. husband. <laughs> no. So the actual emotional labor. Yeah, the like actual emotional labor, like, supporting you your family. somebody, you remind your spouse that they need to get a birthday card for their great aunt. Something Becky. like that, yeah. You get paid something. Yeah, so so these relationships that we're supposed to have with our family, this is this could be monetized, guys. Like we could be making so much money just by being decent human beings. Maybe. I don't so okay, so this feels to me like it runs in the exact opposite direction of fixing so so to Okay, so, so I so want how less I, work. Right. I want better pay or somehow livability, like healthcare, housing, right. basic needs met, less work. And I don't want to monetize my emotional life. Right. Well, that would make sense. So let's start with where this this premise started. And we've, we talked about this a little bit earlier, that women are primarily responsible for the unpaid labor that goes into keeping your house together you know your your housework and everything like that like actual physical labor but part of this emotional work that we do is keeping our family members sane by giving them emotional support so- i just i have to i have to interrupt <laughs> and i just have to say that i am an heroic icon in this regard <laughs> because I do almost none of the emotional labor or the housework in my family it setting. Just goes, so, so, so it's only it's be- I am because I am a forerunner heroine of this movement. There you go. So your I spouse should be making this money is what you're saying, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. How <laughs> right. in my house. So so one of this balance is this is actual work. This is this is labor and and unpaid labor is a huge part of our economy and it has to be done. Like somebody it's has to It's necessary. Yeah, it's absolutely necessary. Somebody has to clean your house. Somebody has to, you know, you have to have contact with other humans yeah. in your life. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I right. mean, I, it makes sense to me to point out that capitalism actually relies on unpaid labor, which to Absolutely. be fair is the exact point that um, Amanda made in the prep work for the show that I just said into the microwave. <laughs> into, the microwave. <laughs> Sorry. into the microwave. Into the microwave. The yeah. I don't even know process. what these things are. Exactly. <laughs> they just work. They just work. So... So part of that, so the the solution that these these people came up with is that this should be paid. Like you can monetize it. You can make it instead of unpaid labor. It's paid now, and now you're like, because yeah. again, it's mostly done by women. This this kind of emotional labor is done by women. And since there's such a pay disparity between men and women, mm-hmm. partly because they are so responsible for unpaid la- labor, you can correct this by monetizing the this situation and saying yes you get a hundred dollars for you know staying at home and going pat pat you're okay pat that pat. seems like a really good rate by the way i have a feeling <laughs> it would be like a nickel a yeah. nickel yeah, yeah every, you get a nickel for every kind but, word yeah so like you 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 kiss your husband on the cheek that's like a dollar whatever oh, but <laughs> I can't, this is so wrong to me it is and i like, mean i understand there has the to instincts. be there yeah, has you, to be something that's we have to like preserve some like uh 
we have to preserve some kind of humanity right so we're not yeah. eaten alive by the exactly structure yeah. it's hell. exactly like the solution to capitalism is not more capitalism like you're you're turning yeah. all of these yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah there's applause general applause everywhere uh, like the, the solution to capitalism is not more capitalism. You can't take the situation in which there's a pay disparity and just create another situation in which you're earning your wage. Oh my yeah. god, we would have to have like tracking systems mm-hmm. and metrics, and then we would have to like adjudicate. Fitbits. Fitbits we'd, yes, we'd have to <laughs> adjudicate whether somebody really meant it or not. Right. Like, would you take the like? Would you have to the wear a device? Scale. You'd have to like, no, yeah, you'd have to wear like your skin temperature would indicate yeah. whether you were telling the truth or not that they did like, a good job. How but maybe somebody's emotional is labor is to tell them that they did a good job, even when they didn't, in order to persuade them to continue on that track. Yeah. Like it's a so complete mess. It's extremely dystopian. Like I do not want to live in that world. No, not at all. I, the, which is not to say that I don't think we should just get money for nothing. Because I do think I think see the, I think we should get money for nothing for doing right. nothing. Right. Like, we should. There should be a mechanism out there so that everybody, regardless of your buy into the the world at large, yeah. you have the ability to get by and not only get by but be comfortable. Yeah. Like. If if I didn't have to worry about making ends meet, I would probably still do my job because I get some kind of emotional fulfillment out of it. And for all the people out there who say, "Oh, well, you know, nobody would pick up garbage if if you didn't get I paid would pick for up it." Garbage. Yeah, it's a thing that needs to be done. But yeah. because we've made it either you do this or you die. It's very messed up. Well, yeah, it's mandatory. So it's, it's mandatory. It's, it's mandatory. And you can't say that it's not mandatory just because somebody could quit their job because then exactly. they can't afford to live. Yeah. And if all of the employers have created this false ceiling of mm-hmm. low wages, then you don't have a lot of options. There's no real there are no real options. Exactly. Exactly. And and part of the you know, making making other bits of your life that are, are not mandatory, like I can choose if I'm going to support my husband or not. Like that is a choice I I do actually have. I choose to support him because I love him and everything like that. But oh, you mean emotionally? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I was like, you can choose to, like, he could not work. You could support him. Ha. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not a thing no, that exists anymore. Yeah, 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 one, yeah. One income households are not a thing that exists yeah. anymore. But, like, I making that a paid job, paid occupation, like, that, I would, that's just, it feels really scummy. I don't know about you guys. It feels super scummy put it like that yeah yeah and and i think the the there's too many there's way too many people out there who think that this is a good solution so i have actually i think i've been in the middle ground in this kind of thinking because i worked um many years ago i worked for a research study um that was trying the the goal was to keep the elderly in their homes longer Mm -hmm. um both because it would save the healthcare system money, but also because they're happier right. when they can stay in their homes longer and not being in a nursing home. So it was a randomized control trial that would um, actually pay. So there were like, I don't know, three arms. I don't know that I can remember all of them. But one of them involved sending home health aides into the home. Um, and one of the arms was... What if we gave the same money we would put into home health aides to the primary caregiver in the home so that they 
have the resources mm-hmm. they need to take care of the person longer mm-hmm. in their home. So that is that's not emotionally. I'm not talking about right. emotional pay for emotional labor. Right. There's a logic behind paying caregivers for caregiving. Right. But it seems like it's another hack around right. what a bad system we have. Yeah. The the ultimate the answer is that this is a bad corrupt system that requires people human beings who should otherwise have the right and ability to live however they choose that they have to make these decisions about do I take care of my loved ones mm-hmm. or do I go to work mm-hmm. and make an income? Like these are not good choices and this is stuff we have to put on people every day. Right. Never mind the pie in the sky one where, you know, I get a buck for for, you know, giving a hug. Bu- uh, hug a buck. <laughs> <laughs> Was a buck a hug? Yeah, that's my new slogan. Uh, t-shirts are on their way folks (laughs) there you go it actually reminds me of um when my grandparents are were both pretty old um and my mom and i went to they are located in a different state and we traveled to take care of them um for a few weeks like three weeks and we ended up staying way longer than we thought and i remember how she was very stressed out trying to make all these medical decisions for them, trying to help them while they were trying to while they were coming to terms with what was going on with them, which was they were one of them was seriously ill, the other one was not able to take care of them anymore, so they were facing a lot of tough decisions and she was trying to help them through that, but she was also at the same time um calling my dad every night trying to make sure he and my sister were okay and and also then being on the phone to work and stuff because you know she was taking time off she didn't have enough right she didn't and she and she was trying to do everything at once i just remember feeling so bad for her yeah and she did it but you know how much that cost her right like in stress in effort in you know, and in actual money when she wasn't right. at work is incredible. So yeah. yeah, my mom did something similar, not traveling across states, but I remember a time when my we were living in Dansville. My mom was working in Rochester. She had one parent in the hospital in Rochester and one parent in the hospital in Hornell, New York, hmm. which is the other side of Dansville from Rochester. <laughs> so and she was visiting them both almost every day. After and working a full time job, and also had me at home. Yeah, children to take care of. Yeah. I will be back. This is Punching Out. This is us. We're back. And I am going to open a segment of the show that I'm calling off the top of my head. Fantasy balance. <laughs> Fantasy balance. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about... That sounds like a really interesting reality show. Or like a, um, I don't know, like, again, athletic gear. I don't know, <laughs> like a balance board or something. Um, it's totally of your dreams. In, yeah, that's totally in the work-life balance, like, starter kit. <laughs> yeah. Gotta get yourself fit. A balance board. Yeah, get a balance board, get your Fitbit, get your, your $60 water bottle. Because I, I legit saw a $60 water bottle. Really? 
for what today. What could it do for you? It's a smart water bottle. It tells no. you when to drink water. Oh, no. Right? No. Yeah. Like, it measures probably how much you're getting how in a much day. How much it connects with your devices, like, oh, all God. your different de- devices, and it tells you, it, it like, lights up when it, you're supposed to drink water. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. So, that's not what I wanted to talk okay. about in this section. <laughs> no. <laughs> that is not on the, no, what, the balance what, board. What would good work, what would legitimate, like, what would we like to see for... Um, work-life balance let's start with small small things like definitely within the totally doable right this second let's maybe let's challenge ourselves and start with those things that wouldn't cause corporate democrats to get up and leave the room (laughs) Ooh, okay that's that's tough tough. tough. well in new york state we already have one of those things yeah we have a new um paid family leave yeah yeah, so paid family leave. So we talked in a previous episode about a little bit about um, FMLA, which is the federal law that uh, Family Medical Leave Act, which protects some workers from getting fired for having to take time off to have a baby or take care of sick family members or take care of yourself for your own illness. Uh, New York has a new law. It's the uh, Family or Paid Family Leave Act, um, PLF, and it gives you a little bit of money not definitely not your whole salary but depending on how many hours you work or if you're seasonal or anything like that it will deduct a little bit of money out of your paycheck to go in a pot and then will pay for you to take time off so if you do have a baby i think this year you you know if you qualify for this this benefit then you could get like half of your salary or wage to take that time off okay so it's something. Yeah. So it's something. It's so something. that 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 right. that literally qualifies as does not cause the corporate Democrats right. to leave the room. Partially <laughs> because it is paid for part by the workplace, yeah. part by the, the employee. Yeah. So so you're paying into this yeah. thing to use it. Okay. So use it, people. Mm-hmm. Use it. I will mention that one of if we're talking about corporate Democrats, we can also think about <laughs> Another person that um, was pushing for a fa- for family leave that was making this her like normally it would be uh, the first lady project, but Ivanka Trump was a you know that was going to uh, be right. her big She's project. Kind of what lady. happened? <laughs> like everything what else, happened? you know, just uh, got petered out by so something it's, else. It's not even like a democratic thing. It's not necessarily that progressive. It's something that we should demand. Like as just even from the garbage Republican Party, Um, (laughs) (laughs) they're all kind of garbage, but they're particularly stanky. The garbage fascists. Um, (laughs) How do you feel about it? Yeah, (laughs) not disagreeing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, we're building. We're building. You're 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 getting off too strong. So, what other sort of fantasies do we have? So, a little just to up the ante a little bit. Unlimited time off. Oh, yeah. I know I, I kind of jumped the gun, but like instead of having your sick leave and your vacation and maybe your personal day, which are all separate things that have to be used for separate reasons, like you can't use and your you personal days. you have to justify days as, them. Yeah, you have to justify. You can't lump your personal days together. You can only use your sick days when you're like either sick mm-hmm. or taking care of sick people. Um, like you just have time that you need to take off. And if you're saying, yeah, I really just, I just need to not be here today. You so go. is this like some places have paid time off and they don't specify whether it's sick leave or vacation time? Kind of. I've heard of companies. I cannot, of course, think of one off the top of my head that just have if 
unlimited leave. Like it's not designated for any specific thing, but if you need to take a day because you're sick or take care of family members or just need to get away, like you have that restriction. Like, you know, not talking about, well, no, definitely talking about it. Like I only have, I have 12 days of vacation mm-hmm. every year, which is two weeks. That's two weeks and then a couple days. Mm-hmm. Like that's nothing. And I, and I stress out about taking time off so much because there's a lot of negotiation with my work when I take time off I have to find coverage I have to make sure mm-hmm. that everything is squared away before I uh, before I go and so I the the act of taking time off which is supposed to be good is incredibly stressful and then yeah. because I feel like I, I only have limited time and I need to make use of it it's it's further compounded because if I'm not you know having the greatest time of my life it kind of feels wasted you know, it's not, it's not time off. It's, it is other work. So unlimited, like that works for some industries, it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, when I've heard of it, it's, it's also workplaces that have maybe work from home abilities, which, Hey, that would be a good thing. That would improve your work-life balance. Yeah. Mm. For a lot of jobs, you really don't need to be on location to do what you're doing. Yeah. Definitely not me, but you know, for other people. Yeah. But yeah, you know, you can, you can work that or have flex hours. So there's a thing. So like time off, work from home. What else? <laughs> and maybe like maybe something a little like wildly radical is I my personal plan if I were in charge, I would reduce we're reducing hours. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm on board. We're raising wages. I'm I'm for that. Definitely. Then we're phasing out work entirely. Okay. <laughs> I'm listening. Whoa, I'm listening. Whoa. I'm listening. Holy crap. And we're also having a strong socialist feminist movement, keyword emphasis on socialist feminist, mm-hmm. um, to, I could not think of a better um, way to phrase this than de-gender, but de-gender, gendered labor. Right. We're mm-hmm. distributing childcare equally as much as possible. We're distributing uh, like household chores and think think then how much free time we would have to like do the important work and work that you enjoy mm-hmm. you would have so much free time to build community right you would have so much time to spend with your family and um, develop skills that you actually want to develop instead of meaningless administrative yeah garbage um <laughs> <laughs> which seems to be the word of the episode we're gonna have to put it in garbage oh <laughs> uh, we gotta find a good we'll 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 brainstorm so total freedom from we'll work get a committee together and um as as a phrase that someone not in our panel uh, one not one of our hosts but somebody that's in the room right now came up with life life balance Life, life, balance. life, life, balance. <laughs> We're life, eliminating life balance. work entirely. Okay, so let's back up. Let's let's like unpack a lot of those. So you started with fewer hours and higher wages. Yeah. So specifically, how would fewer hours? Like well, examples. So you could reduce the actual length of the workday. Okay. Um, tried it, didn't work, <laughs> didn't stick. <laughs> tried tried the 40 hour week didn't stick or you could just <laughs> yeah. not, you could not come in you could only do a four day eight hour work week. yeah uh-huh and france has 35 hour work week yeah they yeah. love it yeah we, yeah i, I don't it. know if they that still would be do. great what's his face has been messing up their labor laws mm-hmm. what's his face that's what's all his yeah, that's, that's all fine. he named his yeah. name is worth i am in favor of less work i think i am in this discussion i am beyond even playing devil's advocate 
I have complete faith that the things that need to be done would get done. Right. Um, and I just, I was thinking this week, um, like, so when I'm in a room with people, we talk about, like, I like to t- talk about a post-capitalist future. Um, the Rochester chapter of Democratic Socialists of America here in Rochester is currently engaging in discussions about what would a post-capitalist future look like. One of the things I've realized is that, like, if I'm in a room with people talking about what could be, the person whose eyes light up that wants to start creating metrics for putting a value on each job is not the person I want in my post-capitalist future. So it seems like it's a a lot of times when you talk about what it would look like to change work in these ways, um, to eliminate work, that a lot of people are like, well, this kind of profession should get more than that kind of profession, and that kind of profession shouldn't be responsible for having to do garbage picking because they're really educated. Those are not the people that are on my post-capitalist future team. Furthermore, they're just like the, the tech companies who keep reinventing the bus. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah. Like, that happens like Uber and Lyft and all them. Sorry, other companies all the time. They just will say like, oh, I've created this this transportation system that will take a whole bunch of people from uh, one area and distribute them at another area. It's a bus. A bus. It's and a they, bus. this happens like every six months. Well, they just redo this. Yeah. But that that's like just replicating the exact situations that we are currently sitting where we've yeah. said... We're not looking to disrupt work. Exactly. Well, well, we are, not. but like destroy it. Yeah, we're, we're looking. We're looking to destroy work. They're just trying to wait. Put, are are we looking to destroy work? Or are we not? I'm now. I'm confused. Destroy <laughs> work. Destroy work. Right. We're yeah. Destroy yeah. Work. We're we're okay. on destroy work. Yeah. But things need to be done. We're and destroy. Things will be done. Yeah. People will get things done. Yeah. yeah. People have an inherent interest in how to heal yeah. the human body. Exactly. They're not going to disappear. So my personal perspective on it, and it, it goes a lot into the perspectives we have on patriarchy and capitalism and everything like that is if you're taking care of your neighbor, if it's no longer a zero sum game where my gain is somebody else's loss Mm. or somebody else's gain is my loss is probably the way Mm -hmm. we mostly phrase it. Then a lot of that opens up a lot of possibilities about what the future could look like. Like if I'm not concerned about somebody else's gain, putting me at a disadvantage, then I am, then we could be in a situation where we're a lot more willing to, to pitch in and we're all going to clear up the garbage together and that kind of thing. That's really lovely. I really like that. No, that's (laughs) no, that's an important, like what you're saying about, I've never heard it phrased that way before. If it's not a zero sum game, um, right now we seem to exist in a world where if somebody's getting something, it's taken away from me or we have that attitude. Exactly. But you're actually suggesting like, our baskets are all full and we yeah. can just share that's, flowers with each other. Exactly. That's totally, if we change the perspective of how we're thinking about work and, and we're thinking about gains and everything like that, it doesn't have to be that kind of situation. It's not men against women. It's not rich against poor. It's not everything. Everybody can be in the same, on the same team. It's not an us versus them. Mm-hmm. We can all enjoy life. Right. This exactly. is so <laughs> radical. Luxury gay space communism, people. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think All we're right. going to wrap up. Yeah, we're out of time. So thank you very much for listening. This is Punching Out. You're with Karen, Amanda, and Lou. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got it all messed up. <laughs> Identity crisis. All right. Thanks, guys.
You've been listening to Punching Out. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at Punching Out Wayo. Email us your work stories, complaints, and struggles to punchingoutwayo at gmail.com. Punching Out is a project of the Punching Out Collective. Our producer is Ryan Brister. Music for Punching Out is provided by Ariel Cruz. Tune in next week for more Punching Out. And remember, your boss isn't listening, but we are. <laughs>